The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Welcome to Wilfred Watches Podcast, an American podcast about professional wrestling. Really quick, I want to say thank you to all the patrons supporting the show. Um, we have nine patrons now uh, supporting the show financially. You get lots of early releases um, and stickers and all that good jazz. So thank you guys for supporting me from the bottom of my heart. Um, today, I have a very special guest he is a former three-time WWF slash E Tag Champion, WCW alumni, ECW, and I could name off the companies for days. Um, and now, Ring of Honor as part of the Villain Enterprises. Please welcome the reborn legend. He is not human. He is PCO. Hey, buddy. Hey, what an intro, man. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, thanks a lot, Wolfred, man. Yeah, man. Really appreciate I'm that. really, really fortunate for you to spend some time. Thank you. Uh, I want to pick your brain for a few minutes, uh, so thank you, buddy. Of course. Go ahead, man. It'll be fun. We're, we're going to have fun. Awesome, man. Um, so in 2018, you were a bit of an Iron Man. You fought at nearly 40 or more different organizations having some wild matches. You had guys like T uh, Masato Tanaka, Matt Riddle, Walter, L.A. Park. I mean, I could just say names all, all, all night. How on earth do you recuperate after some of these wild and intense, brutal matches? I just, I just get it. You said it during your intro, like, I'm not human. And and I go a lot like on on Twitter sometimes and respond to people like sometimes like they they they're like okay that was unnecessary or I was scared or he's gonna get injured and I go like you know um, I'm gonna use like two letters but I say hey listen up everybody PCO is not effing human that's it that's a shoot you know that's a shoot i mean in a way where you know doctors are looking at me sometimes i got a broken ribs um you know they, they, they think it might be like you know uh some danger for my or life-threatening injury because mm -hmm. i keep on wrestling with it and and like they they all look at each other and say this guy is not normal like we can't <laughs> put a real diagnostic on him because you know it's uh nothing takes the route anymore you know the things uh stays on the road so um it's hard to explain but it's just like i've always like um to do some like uh, crazy spots and and uh as much as i love to do high flying things like that one of my greatest feelings is like uh you know crumbling those ropes you know like heavy on their first row <laughs> squashing the second rope and putting all my weights like i, I weighed a, a thousand pounds on the top rope you know 
and you know just threw my just throwing myself up in the air and and people are thinking he's gonna land on his neck he's gonna land on his neck he's gonna land on his neck and then at the last second just switch my body and and, and hit the the moonsault perfectly and and just squishing the guy you know that's such a great feeling for an athlete it's uh mm -hmm. I can't describe how it is, you know, the feeling that it, it gives me uh, when I had like a perfect moonsault, you know, and what everybody's thinking, no, it's impossible, I can't make it, and I, I just make make it at the end, you know. So um, I've always like kind of thrived on those things, so, uh, but there was no purpose for it almost, you know, it was like it wouldn't make sense, but now with the, The French, the French Canadian Frankenstein, not human. Everything makes sense to the crowd, and everything makes sense to the fans. And um, this is the the greatest thing you know that ever happened in my life because uh, I'm hitting my peak. Yeah. Uh, at, at 50 years old, you know, which is unheard of, you know. It really is, man. I mean, you're beyond a late bloomer. Like the, But, you, we need a yeah. new word for that. For you're, yeah, you're redefining that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, like I've watched, like you know, maybe Gordy Owl playing hockey, or or um, you know, like like uh, uh, the Nolan Ryan, you know, pitching balls, yeah. you know, in forty four, forty five. But they they were all like uh, not on their prime time. They were like on declining a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. in my situation, it's like uh, it's. Uh, 2018 has been like the of all the years it's been my 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 greatest years because i was like minivanting uh all the top stars from different territories wow uh, yeah it really have. it was like germany or england oh. or all over the states you know with the, with the big promotion the big indie promotions so uh it's been like crazy even like you know facing walter at uh New Orleans WrestleMania 34 weekend. Those pictures, my man, of that chest are uh, just scarring pictures in my mind. <laughs> that was yeah, just was one of the most purple. brutal Blue, things. Blue, purple, oh. black. Yeah. Um, so we we mentioned at the at the intro about how you're now part of Villain Enterprises and Ring of Honor. You're with Brody King, who's had an amazing 2018 as well. And, of course, Marty Skrull. Um, how is how has your 2019 been? Because it's been off to a really fast start. So tell us about your your new career, your new life in Ring of Honor, and how your year has been so far. Well, everything went well, starting from the uh, the following days of the final battle, uh, which was in Philly, uh, um, at the arena in Philly, uh, 2300 Arena in Philly, and. Um, It was, you know, like, uh, you know, getting into the water a little bit, getting to know my teammates or my opponents, and then uh, getting to know the dressing room and the ins and outs and uh, the office people, the agents, and things like that. And, uh, you know, like, pretty much it was, like, a new environment to me. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had, like, a very good welcome, and the uh, dressing room was, like, pretty pretty great actually you know i'm very satisfied with the way uh i was you know received and welcomed and um it's uh and then after that you know i started like uh you know feeling a little bit like uh 
you know, more at ease a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's always when you start a new job or you start somewhere else. I mean, doing different NDs, you know, by the time I hit the first time, but, you know, by the, by the end of the year, I was like the second time, third time, fourth time, you know, during the year. So like I was going like maybe every other month or so with different promotions. So, um, so and, and I know Ring of Honor is like one of the major ones. Like, you know, it's pretty pretty big, you know, it's, 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 it's a nice uh, company uh, that's growing and I don't know, I mean, people talk about it big time now. So, um, yeah, and, and then last Sunday, oh, after Saturday was like fun, uh, Center Age in Atlanta, I think uh, it was a great night for our Canadian Enterprises. Uh, it was great, and then uh, the Sunday, uh, and Concord, North Carolina. Um, it's just been like uh, almost another like uh, a, a step, a notch. It's tough to say that because it's probably like a, a super good like uh, match with, with Walter in New Orleans. But that last Sunday was like a little, maybe a little step, you know, above. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, without comparison because it's uh six-man tag compared to a, a single match, you know, like mm-hmm. a solo match. But I can't really compare, but it was certainly up there, you know, with some of my best uh, stuff that I've done, you know, in the last year. Yeah, it's been incredible. You haven't slowed down at all. Um, you have a really unique experience in being in wrestling for as long as I've been alive, like 32 years, 33 years or whatever, you've been on the road with WWF, uh, all different companies. Um, how is it different, uh, you know, riding the road and, and traveling the road and, and traveling? How is it different now than it was back then? What kind of comparisons are there? Are there some things that are still the same um, or, or are things pretty much still the same when you travel? No, everything's the same. I think everything's the same. Uh, you know, I can't really tell you about, you know, uh, what's happening after I go to bed, which I, I go to bed, like, pretty pretty early at night, so I don't really, uh, I don't go out, so I don't really know what, what's going on, but just from the traveling, you know, itself, and, like, uh, meeting with the boys early in the morning and things like that, going back home uh, after t- the tapings or pay-per-view or whatever. Uh, to me, it's it's all the same, but for me, the big difference is uh, the way I perceive things. You know, I, hmm. I'm i in a total different state of mind than I was when I was, like, 24 years old. Uh, I, I just... I, it feels like I reached... Uh, another level that I've never been that never been there before and uh concentration wise uh staying focused on what I've got to do focusing on the day that I'm I'm wrestling not on the future or not so much on the past but really taking that uh fully taking that uh, present moment you know and fully fully taking it fully living it and fully being in it, you know, not trying to be outside that bubble, trying to be in the future uh, and trying to think too much about what's coming up, but focus mm-hmm. on the task 
that I've got to do right now. So my mindset is, is totally different than it was when I was younger. And I guess at a younger age, catching a big break, like uh, becoming uh, WWE Tag Team Champions, uh, it felt like at one point I felt like I was maybe better than the others. Mm-hmm. And that's a false that's a big mistake that I made. Mm. And being able to live, you know, bigger moments, but to not thinking I'm better than anyone, but just just being so grateful for having the chance of doing it. And it's not because I, I don't feel like I deserve it, because I, I've worked so hard for it. Mm-hmm. I mean... I've risked everything over and over during my career. I quit great jobs. I, uh, you know, like, uh, screw up couple lives a few times, you know, uh, my, my, you know, being in a couple with someone, with a, you know, girlfriend and things like that and missing families and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, the same thing that, was offered to me in 2017 you know i quit my regular job and totally focused on the on the, the wrestling and uh and not knowing what the the future was uh holding for me uh even though it didn't pay off a few times that i my gut kind of cut out you know because i went full fledged for it and didn't get the payoff mm-hmm. you know money-wise and also um Job-wise, like uh, character-wise, or being in a good spot, or anything like that, or just being rejected, you know, which you know from other companies and mm-hmm. things like that, like WWE, uh, it makes me now appreciate it like more than ever, like uh, the time that I'm going through right now. So yeah, you get to cool for that. you you get to actually, and that's that's something it's really hard to teach a younger person. You, that's something that's more learned that you. You just have to experience things to yeah. to get yeah, to a point where you can just embrace it and, and take a second. Yeah, to I kind of just like yeah, throw up flags there for anyone that may understand what I've been through. I mean, it's, I'm not the only one who's been through that mm. those traps, you know. Uh, and uh, and then I feel like the WWE uh, are you know uh, trying not to put like. Uh, too many young guys in that position anymore and trying to wait maybe uh, for the late 20s or beginning of the 30s, you know, before they start, like, really pushing someone uh, unless something exceptional would, would come. But uh, that's that's how I felt. Like, they lost, you know, uh, a lot of talents because of, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> success, you know, when uh, to their heads and they couldn't control anymore their, their lives, you know, because uh, it changes your life. For, you know, you you go from like, being, you know, like uh, almost not noticed or not recognized to, you know, being recognized by everyone everywhere you go, the public uh, people and public uh, places, and and from being uh, famous and everything and having a lot of money where suddenly everybody's like around you and asking you for, you know, can I borrow this? Do you want to invest in my company? Do you want to invest offshore? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And everything's happening so fast and you don't yeah. have like a course, a one-on-one course, uh, how to deal with, you know, fame and fortune or whatever. So 
making mistakes sometimes it's hard to go back and mm-hmm. have the chance to do it again but it, it's had to work like uh maybe uh 10 times uh, as hard as i worked the first time just uh to get to where i'm at today so so what would you i mean in retrospect what would you be telling an 18 year old who might be listening to this and saying i want to go take some bumps i want to get in the ring i want to be a star i want to be famous I want to be proud and you know pay give money to my family. What would you tell like an eighteen year old male or female who's wanting to get into the ring right now? Well, you know what, you know, it's funny that you ask me that question because I've been asked that question so many times by by uh, by guys you know that are uh, in the middle of their career or starting their career or you know I think five or six year in. Uh, what can I do, you know, to find my character? What I what can I do to be more creative? What can I do to have like more success? What I what can I do to get noticed and things like that? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a recipe that um, uh, it could be different for. Um, it's a case by case kind of. Yeah, situation. but at the end of the day, there's there's there, there's two things that don't lie for sure. The first one, the very, very important one, you have to believe in yourself. And uh, even when others say that you don't have what it takes, and, and I said it in the, 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 on the YouTube documentary by Kenny Johnson, mm-hmm. where she did a great job. Uh, it's, uh, it's called uh, Burn the Ships, because that's my story. I always burn my ships. You know, when I, got, when I wanted to accomplish something, uh, uh, first question I was asking myself, do I believe in myself enough to do this? So mm-hmm. sometimes it was like, uh, quitting jobs, uh, living my house, going to Puerto Rico for a year or six months or going to England for a year or six months you know, to Germany or going to South Africa or just living from, uh, from trip to trip, like not knowing the future, like going like, okay, I got three weeks in South Africa. I don't know what's after that, but whatever comes in, I'm going to take it. That's what I did last year, too. That's what I did when I started in the business. Mm-hmm. At one point, I had to leave Montreal and you know, go somewhere where I could get noticed and also build my experience, build my confidence. And, and at one point, I had to let go of things and fully uh, focus and concentrate on what I wanted to become. And... Uh, Sometimes also you're losing ground when you're trying, like, let's say you're kind of fed up with the fact that um, your career depends on others, other people's decision, and sometimes uh, it doesn't happen the way that you want, so you, you're saying to yourself, well, I'm going to open up, like, uh, my own business, I'm going to be my own boss. But by doing, like, having a, a second thing that takes your, uh, your attention off wrestling, you're not helping your career by trying to build up like a business on the side. You know, mm-hmm. give everything that you have to give in the and and your dream and your wrestling industry in the wrestling industry, and don't try to start up a business as in the meantime and you're trying to make it into pro wrestling. You know, that's mm-hmm. that that's some of advices that oh, that that those things didn't work out for me, uh, and I feel like when I totally focus on the task that I have to accomplish and and um, making a demonstration that that will, you know, uh, satisfy uh, not my ego, but satisfy uh, myself as uh, I set up goals for myself 
and uh, I want to accomplish them, so I want to feel uh, proud of myself. Not because I want to brag about it, not because I want to show the people I'm better than others, but for my own personal uh, wellness, feeling good about myself, you know, mm -hmm. feeling good about what I've accomplished, what I can do, what I can bring, uh, you know, what kind of entertainment I can give to the fans, you know, what, what, how can I, I make, you know, uh, by just doing my 15, 20 minute matches, how can I kind of inspire someone or change someone's life or help someone change or believe in themselves and things like that. So how can I mm -hmm. make their other's life more fun or, you know, put a smile or put some joy or whatever, you know, whatever it is that, it, but it's just by knowing that I'm at the right place, doing the right thing, I know that uh, it's better than what I think that I'm mm -hmm. actually like doing. I can think it's wider and larger than that. So that's, that's what it is, you know. So, so you're telling, you're saying about, you know, not focusing on other ventures, you know, kind of focusing on what your goal is, and that's for a wrestler. And a lot of wrestlers and personalities are doing that on social media these days. You're doing these really cool promos um, where showing you working out and like destroying things, which is fantastic. Um, and then you've got other people making like YouTube series, like they're making their own shows essentially to try to get themselves yeah. even more famous. So, uh, do you think social media is really helping as a whole, or 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 does it get a little too serious sometimes? What do you think about social no. media? Well, I'm gonna. I'm going to put it very simply and very clearly to, to you and to everybody. Social media, I think it's great, but the thing is, we're, we all have social media. So if there's 10 uh, billions of people on their, you know, uh, 10 billions of like uh, Facebook or Twitter or whatever, like the amount of people that there is, before, let's say it used to be five or six channels on TV or 10 or 25 or up to a hundred. Now there's like three or 400 or a thousand channels on your TV, you know, mm -hmm. with satellites or whatever cables and things like that. So it's like before you have less opportunity, but you had less people trying to get over, mm, you know, less yeah. companies, less people having the, the, the capacity, the budget to do something. Now everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got access to me. So you need to do something very unique and very special to to cut the eye of uh, of the whole nation of uh, you know of like uh, wrestling universe or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, you gotta hit it right on the nail. You know, so it's uh, it's timing. It's it's. A bunch of different things all mixed up together, and sometimes, you know, I got discouraged. It's not because I, I didn't try things. I didn't, like, I shoot, you know, I shot so many ideas, uh, creative-wise, creativeness-wise. Like, I, I shot ideas, like, because uh, most most of the time, I shot some ideas to WCW. I shot a lot of ideas to WWE, WWF, mm -hmm. uh, ECW. Uh, I came up with scenarios and things like that. The, you know, the time was just not there. It wasn't right. And it was like sometimes, like I got into the office with, let's say, John Laurinaitis would say, 
you know, PCO, who do you think is going to be the next big superstar here in WWE? And uh, so many times I felt like saying it's going to be PCO, but I didn't have the courage to say mm. it because I was not enough convinced, you know, that I knew that's what I wanted to be and that's what I wanted to become, but I, I, I felt, what, what if I throw this out and I look like an egotistical guy or something like that and it comes across in the wrong way? But in the meantime, if I would have, you know, really believed in it, you know, I would have said it. So I felt like maybe I was confident, but maybe I wasn't confident enough. I knew deep down inside me that I had, like, maybe I could have done it, but I, I was not capable of saying it loud. Yeah. And uh, so I was saying, oh, go ahead, tell me. And it's one of those things that no specialist can come up. I don't care if you're uh, Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis, uh, Paul Eamon, mm-hmm. or Eric Bischoff. I mean, when they say this guy is going to make it or this guy is not going to make it, what they don't know what's inside that guy. So... Oh, it's like nobody would have thought that Steve Austin was going to do what he was going to do. Like, he just got fired from WCW. He got hired from ECW. He was not going anywhere as the ringmaster. And I've been on this podcast, too. Mm-hmm. And then the Jake Roberts just said something, 316, and it just he, he just answered back, you know, tomorrow, Royal Rumble, whatever. It's going to be Austin 316, and all the signs were up in the air. So... It was like nobody expected that, and at the time, you know, they they went, they put the rocket under him because he was already up, and they put everything behind it, and it was like an explosion, you know, it was like craziness. It's probably one of the most over like uh, character ever, you know, with uh, Ogun and the Rock. Yeah, it's it's a good point you make that you don't really you, you can see things on the surface and you kind of have a perception of somebody but you have no idea what's actually inside of them what people are capable of and that's that yeah, no, be a now people yeah. yeah when when people are saying you know when they're they're labeling someone oh, this guy is a mid carter this guy is a this or that or he's not you know a main eventer I mean nobody can can label someone like yeah. I've seen, you know, you've seen it too. You've seen hockey mm-hmm. players that weren't, or football players, and even baseball players that were drafted on the first round and didn't make it through the, to the the big league. And you've seen guys that weren't even like under the radar, mm-hmm. that that were like, not even just invited to a training camp and became like, superstar stuff. You know, like all star. Like they, they went to the all star game like so many times. I know, like, now in Dallas, you know, you got a good hockey franchise there. I make a lot of comparisons with the hockey. But, you know, a guy like Martin St. Louis, you know, like, he, he was an all-star and never was drafted, never was. Nobody looked at him. Nobody wanted to give him a break. Uh, a guy like Danny Briere, well, there's there's other, Luke Robitaille, there's a dozen guys that were, like, not even in the plans, you know, that made huge impact on the game and, for the fans and it impacted a lot of people's lives. They impacted my life because mm-hmm. while I was going through some rough times, those people uh, were an inspiration for me. And, and that's the way it goes. That's incredible, man. Um, so I want to ask you something about 
the buzz my my buddy luke uh he does a show called the omega luke podcast and he wanted to ask a question to you he said how has the buzz in this past year compared to like the mid 90s are we in a really kind of special period of wrestling right now yeah it's blooming it's blooming and it's blooming hard you know it's it's a it's an incredible buzz. I mean, I mean uh, it just started like in 2018, and now it's 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 gonna be even bigger in 2019. And it's such a buzz that it's gonna be like three companies at least, you know, mm-hmm. uh, being right like right there, uh, side to side, uh, and and and. Um, it's going to be, you know, who's going to win? The fans are going to win. The supporters are going to win mm-hmm. because it pushes everybody to give more. It pushes everybody to surpass themselves. And, well, at the, the end of the day, the guy who's uh, is winning over there, it's the guy who's buying the ticket. He's going to have, like, you know, everything's going to be so much better because everybody is pushing so much harder to perform and to do their best to entertain uh, to be, you know, uh, whatever, you know, it takes for someone to go back home and say, well, I had a hell of a night tonight. I was like super, you know, and, and come back with the kids and having the, the kids like going like uh, raving about just mm-hmm. what they lived, you know, living the experience, you know. And I think uh, 2019 is going to be... Uh, full of surprises and it's going to be great so talking about like taking kids because i remember when i was a kid when i was going to those house shows around like 94 95 as a kid and i remember seeing like british bulldog bret hart uh undertaker they're so scary to me um is there a time that you remember like maybe not a match or a particular wrestler but is there like a time period where where you just got hooked in wrestling can you remember a certain feud or a certain time period that just yeah. oh, captured yeah, yeah, yeah. captured your your love for it? Yeah, well, many times during uh, d- during my my uh, childhood, I've been through uh, phases where I was totally hooked on wrestling, and I said to myself, "Oh, this this is what I want for myself, and this is this is the life that I want." Without knowing what is it, what it was like uh, in consideration, not knowing the traveling, not knowing. Uh, you know, uh, going from hotel to hotels or car rides or airplane rides and things like that. And uh, it's just new. Uh, as soon as I, as soon as I saw it, uh, I can't remember that match. It was not. It wasn't like names that were. I think it was like Dan Crawford, Phil Lafon against uh, uh, Ron Ritchie. Uh, two guys basically from Calgary. Well, Dan Crowfat was from Montreal, but uh, it was he was living in Calgary for a long period of time. They were from Stampede Wrestling, and they came in Montreal for a while for international wrestling. I can remember a specific night. They like uh, Dan Crawford and this guy really hooked me on it. You know, it's something about that light, just like hanging out on top of the ring. You know, it was all dark everywhere. You know, back then people were smoking. It was like the smoke. You know, and like oh, going man. across the light almost. You know, like it was like I don't know. It really caught my eye. And then uh, Road Warriors were a big influence. Um, I really like. Uh, 
I really like them a lot because when the just the music hits and the, uh, they came in with like you know their makeup and spike and they were pretty like uh, the first ones to do that. And they were like the toughest and, dudes ever, man. Yeah. Ugh. So you know, so the Road Warriors were like a big influence, and the local guys like Rick Martel and Dino Bravo and the Rujos. Uh, I've been, you know, I was watching a lot of their uh, their feuds, you know, like mm-hmm. with, with different other guys. So uh, I've been like uh, really into wrestling uh, from a young age. Like actually, the national sports here in Canada is ice hockey, mm-hmm. and having practices at six a.m. in the morning, I was always like tuning on like the TV, and I was always like uh, hitting like pro wrestling whatever company it was and I got hooked just by watching and waiting for my lift to come in and pick me up to go to the practice in the morning or to the games on weekends and uh, when at uh, the age of 12 you know I lost sight on my right eye uh, due to a pellet gun accident um, I, I I totally knew that wrestling was going to be my, my ticket in life <laughs> Uh, that was it. I knew right then, and uh, uh, I was up for it, big time. Man, I, I remember the early '90s myself. Just seeing, like, like you said, Martel. You had the Legion of Doom at that time. You had just yeah. all these colorful characters that it was just so appealing to me. Um, it was so much fun. Um, so I'm going to ask you a different kind of question. After yeah. a uh, after a very wild night of wrestling, like you've had some of these crazy intense battles with chairs and tables, and you're falling off the apron and doing moonsaults, um, well, how do you kind of calm down? How do you relax after all of this crazy <laughs> 2018? How do you relax yourself? Uh, it's, actually, it's not possible, you know. <laughs> uh, when you got so hyped up, you just don't sleep until the next day. And you have to double sleep, you know, when you get back home. Because, you know, being on the road, we got to be there, let's say, for 1 p.m. And we're leaving at 12, 1 a.m. So it's 12-hour days, you Jeez. know, because signing autographs, you know, getting ready, doing promos. Uh, sometimes you're working once, sometimes you're working twice. Uh it's a long show with uh, TV tapings or pay-per-views. So you just, if you're having a great night, and and even when you're, you're not having such a great night, but just, just going through the whole process, you can barely sleep, you know. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're tossing and turning more than you're sleeping. So you're just trying to at least, you know, uh, relax, you know. Trying to get, you know, just to calm down, you know, just to... Just trying to uh, breathe, you know, deeply, and just trying to focus on the next thing <laughs> you have to to go through, and that's basically what the, what what I do, you know. I get really excited, you know, when when I'm having like uh, great nights. <laughs> when I've been through a lot in mm-hmm. 2018 and 2019, it's uh, it's pretty hard to sleep. Just a, a peaceful day at home is is the big reward. Uh, Just relaxing day, at home, family and stuff. The day, yeah, the day, uh, you know, as soon as I get back home and I, I I sleep like the first night is like a real good night of sleep, and I'm trying to get up as late as I can get up, like 
you know, if, if I don't have to, to, to wake up for one reason or another, but if I'm trying to even go back and fully, you know, rest, it's, it's very important to, to rest once in a while, especially when you have like a very, uh, hectic, uh, schedule on the road, you know, um, so yeah, rest is important. All right, so I'm going to leave you with this question. What, now that you are in Ring of Honor, you've got Marty um, by your side, you've got Brody King, this beast uh, by your side. What are your goals for 2019 in Ring of Honor? We were talking before we went on air that uh, I'm going to be seeing you in San Antonio. You've got a Dallas, uh, San Antonio, Houston trip coming up. Um, So tell us about your goals, uh, your short-term goals and long-term goals in 2019. Well, for Villain Enterprises, I think the goals are pretty clear. I think we want to hold like every belt in the company. We want we want the six man tag belts. We want the tag belts. We want the TV belts, and we we want the world title belt. So uh, we want all the championship for Villain Enterprises between the three of us. It doesn't matter what it is, who gets what, or you know how we're gonna do that. But that's that's we what that what we've got in mind. That's what I've got in my mind, and and and, and speaking with the other, uh, my other two partners, you know, uh, Marty and and Brody, uh, yeah, we we really want to, you know, do something special this year and uh, accomplish things that that were never accomplished before, and I guess people now will start to get to know me a little bit, where I'm always trying to elevate, you know, elevate. <laughs> yeah. uh, their goals and trying to to reach out, you know, for more opportunities and to reach out for, you know, being the total best that I could be and uh, surrounded with the best, you know, like that's good comparison for me. Like Rudy King, like he's such a monster, you know, as the six six three hundred, and you got Marty, the ring savvy, pure wrestling. Uh, pure villainness, you know, is the, the pure villain, you know, of the three. And you got the guy who's not human, uh, who uh, can take all sort of punishment and always gets back up and always fights back. And no matter what puts in front of him, you know, he always fights back like he did in his in his, his life. So it's a very a very strong parallel between you know uh, PCO and not human and whatever, you know, people before resurrection and you know, always always like fighting back also and coming back from uh failures and coming back from uh, you know, misfortune and coming back from uh, uh being fired and things like that or bad lucks or whatever we can call it, adversity. Mm-hmm. So when you put the three together it's like a huge tank and then before you had like um Cody and the young bucks mm-hmm. and they're like Ferraris. So it's like, okay, the Ferrari can go faster. It's, it's, it's nicer, but the tank can crush you too. And the tank is like, it's like pretty strong. So it's like, <laughs> you can't compare the two styles because they're two different tires. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I would love to have a Ferrari or the Lamborghini, but sometimes I'd love to have the tank. So, uh, it's it just like, it's just like for people to compare both teams, they can't because it's two different things. You know, you can't compare an apple with a melon or an apple with a, you know, a, a banana or whatever. So yeah. it's, it's just two different things. So I think this is the greatest thing about the whole the whole thing, the villain enterprises. 
That's a fantastic analogy to leave it on. Um, so if you're listening to this, uh, please give him a follow at PCO is not human on Twitter. Um, follow him on Twitter. He's got these amazing Monday night PCO and Destro promo vids where he is just destroying things and getting pumped up for the competition, which is a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. Thank you for spending a little time with me, and I will yeah. see you in about a week or so in San Antonio. Can't wait. Oh, man. Well, for, that was so nice. I mean, uh, nice of you, you know, the intro, your, uh, uh, the ending and everything. Thanks so much, and uh, please don't miss this Monday night uh, PCO, you know, Monday night uh, PCO and Destro, because this going to be so crazy i think this monday is gonna be one i think we're gonna hit like uh probably one of the highest corner ever so um uh, everybody uh, just just uh you know follow me on uh, uh, follow pco's not human on twitter and uh i think uh you'll have some fun uh for the next mondays and uh following what's going on with uh the greatest uh, wrestling company in the world right now, Ring of Honor. Well said, man. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Please follow me at Wilford Watches. Uh, I will put this up on the Patreon a little soon for you guys. So uh, patreon.com slash Wilford Watches. Um, and thanks again, PCO. I appreciate it, bud.